0: If you have your Bible with us, if you'll take your Bible and hold it high. We have a Bible decree here at our church because we love the Word of God. We not only love it through, through music, through worship, we love it through word and through deed. And so let's just hold it high. If you have your iPod, iPad, iPhone, i-whatever, and you have the good old book, it seems to be 35 years old of mine. Look at the binding. But I love this book. I carry it everywhere. Let's say this together. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet. And a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart. That I might not sin against God. And I hope this week that you've hit his words. In your heart. Well church. It is with great honor, privilege, and pleasure to introduce to you one of our brothers in the Lord here at our church, a great guy who loves to talk, who loves people, who loves the word, who loves to sing, who loves to dance, who's brought, who's brought the click to the clack to the dig to the jag. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, this is CJ, and today he is delivering for the very first time his first Sermon. So (laughs) welcome him. You got this, bro. All
1: right. Hello? Can you hear me? Mm. I wasn't here for uh, my check, so you know, this happens. Welcome. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Um, as you can tell, I'm nervous as all heck. I mean, this is a little different from my testimony. My testimony was more about uh, me and what God did for me, and this is all about the glory of God. So it's, uh, I took this very seriously. Um, first off, I want to thank everybody for being here. I appreciate it. I uh known some more than my family and my church family. Like, you guys have no idea how much that I love you, how much that you mean to me in this world. Like, uh, you've helped me. Hello. All right. Better? Nope. You don't need a mic. You don't want to run. <laughs> okay, now we got to hang. That's my brother-in-law, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Hello. How did this, uh... <laughs> I want to use a okay, hold on.
0: This is what happens when you have small ears. So we're back to my office. I said, CJ, you have the same problem I have. Try to have small ears and have glasses. So let me just fix this for just a minute. You move it in like this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is his first sermon. So now you take this behind here. Let me fix this. And, uh, man, is that better, sir? Hello? Mm. Now you can tighten up just a little bit. We need a little power.
1: Yeah. seems like it's... Hello? Hello? All right. It's a little better. I guess I'll I'll work with it. Oh, well, I'll work with it. All right, I was saying thank you all uh, for being here, my church family especially. Uh, Since coming back to New Hope... My life has uh, grown so much in the Word and through Christ, and I've seen so many blessings rain down uh, upon my life and those around me that it's, um, there are no words to describe how much that I care for each and every one of you. And seeing you every week helps me get through every day, and I, I appreciate you. Uh, most of all, I want to thank Pastor Todd um, for allowing me this time once again to speak to all of you. For those who don't know or realize, the pastor's time here on the pulpit is very precious. It's his chance to pour into each and every one of you every week, and uh, I realize that, and I'm very honored and humbled to uh, allow him to occupy the sermon time again and deliver this, my first sermon. So thank you, and I love you. I appreciate it. Um, I first came up with this idea for the sermon uh, when we were in a men's group before, and uh, Pastor Todd had asked us, uh, what what does the face of God look like? And uh, my response was, basically, I don't think it's quantifiable for us to be to even fathom it in the flesh, to even to even be able to uh, justify what it could be. Uh, to me, it's an ether, it's an energy. He's uh, resides in, uh, it's present, ever present and omnipotent. It's um, it's transferred from his breath of life into everything. It's why we're all connected. It's why we all feel for each other. And uh, so it made me ponder the question: uh, Who is God to me? Now, honestly, think to yourself: Who is God to you? Who is He? And uh, so according to uh, 1 John, verse 4, chapter 8, the answer is simple. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. So when we love each other, we show love. It's our godliness that's part of us. He and his love for all of us is the binding force that holds the entire universe together. Where we're all connected and need each other to fulfill our purpose and meaning, that his will for our life. This love is an energy that transposes on everything it comes in contact with. Leaving its undeniable mark in everyone. It is why without God's love, we become depressed, feel anxiety, suffer addiction. And this causes a trauma that can last a lifetime. if not remedied by being baptized of water and subsequent rebirth in Christ. We all are born with a God-sized hole within us. A lot of times we don't realize it, but it needs to be filled by him and his word these ailments take over and we turn to sins of the flesh to try and abate this loneliness that we feel. I know this more than anything. I tried at one point in my life to fill it with material possessions, with women, with, with other things that were totally of this world. And it's fleeting. It's very fleeting. And it leaves you bitter and alone and feeling like nobody cares and you have no love. Um, uh, I said, uh, and... Uh, <clears throat> Which in turn only creates more loneliness, more despair, and back to more sin. The fallen world we live in is a prime example. When you look around us, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fallen world. And it's not easy. Um, we live in a primarily godless society, one in which living a Christ-like life is the exception and not the rule. Which is, kind of saddens me. To fill this void, which can only be done permanently and perfectly with God's love, look to the scripture. There are no more exact and detailed instructions found in his word than that of Matthew 22, 36-39. Jesus was tested by the Pharisees and asked the question, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Just think about that a minute. Love Love your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. How many here can say that they truly do? I know, it's I never did until until finding recovery. No, no, I suffered addiction. Um, I've got going to have 15 months here shortly, and it's um, it is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I consider myself very lucky, very lucky to have suffered the way I suffered, and to come out of it because it made me who I am today. And I see His plan. I see His way that He. He had this for me. He had this developed for me. And I had to go through things and I had to be, um, I had to be taken down. I had to be lose that ego, lose that pride, come to the end of myself to find him, to truly find him and to trust in him, to know that no matter what, I know he's got me. There may be storms and there's going to be plenty, especially it's, uh, it's not an easy path, but he promises that we'll be standing when those storms are done. And that's a beautiful thing. All right, today's lesson uh, will cover three parts for me. Uh, in the order which Jesus commanded. First off, finding and realizing that love begins in our love of God. He loves us. It's always there. We just have to look for it and receive it. Uh, second is to love uh, yourself. And then third, then you can truly love other people. If it's not that process, it's not true love. It's not unconditional love. It's what can you do for me? What can you, uh, What need can you fill in my life? Not just true unconditional love. Unconditional love to me is I want the best for you. I want you to be happy. I want you to be fulfilled, regardless of what that role plays in my life. All right. Uh, To love God, you have to have an understanding of who God is. Love isn't an, an attribute of God, it is His very nature. He is not just loving, He is fundamentally love. If we are born again in His image, then we must also love, and not when it's easy or convenient. We have to love when it's hardest since the last thing that we want to do. That is a true mark of one's faith, I believe, and a testament to your trust in God's perfect word. God's love is a gift, freely given to those who ask for those who, and even for those who don't. It's an energy-giving life force. When I worship and praise him, it fills my entire body, overflowing every fiber and every cell. It moves me so much that I cannot contain it. I must move, shout, sing, or feel like I could explode. You see me up here. It's like I can't, I don't know, it's the most amazing feeling in the world. People ask me all the time, how do you, I wish I could bottle the energy. I wish I could have a little bit of that. I tell them it comes from there. I don't know why. I feel it, and it's, it, it, it's, it's energy. Uh, so I think the first part of this lesson is the easiest. For God's love is breathed life into us, so it is always there waiting for us to receive it. Like the story of the prodigal son, it does not matter what you have done. All that matters is that you come home. And to feel God's love, how can we not love an all-knowing and all-perfect God such as he? You know, he's, he's, he's always there, always waiting. He's that perfect father that most of us never really had. I know that for a fact. Next in this process is loving yourself, the hardest of the lessons to master. It's not talking of pride or ego, something I know all too much about. For they are not self-love because they are not of God, and again, God is love. It's hard to attain true self-love. It requires a brutal honesty and even more brutal transformation. Like one of my favorite sayings, there is no growth in comfortability. It's not going to be a fun process. It's not going to be something that's easy. It's not going to be something that, when you give your life to Christ, it becomes harder. I believe that during times of furthering yourself and leveling up and finding a new level of your love and and, and God's purpose and meaning for your life, you get attacked much harder. This past week was very hard for me. It was very difficult. I had a lot going on. I had a toothache going. I had to prepare for an exam. I had all these things happening, and it was like, but you know what? It, 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 It reaffirmed my faith even more so and brought a new level to it of what I know I can do when God's calling is on my life. There's nothing you can't do. There's no boundary that you cannot cross. It is the the impossible becomes possible. Uh, And transformation through scripture is about as uncomfortable as you can get, especially if you're Christians finding themselves reborn in a world which will hate and ridicule you. You know, a lot of people tell me all the time, you know, like it's uh, even friends I've had who become my friends at first. They meet me and uh, we're working out one time, me and my one buddy, and he first meet me and we're, we're sitting there hitting the workout and I'm listening to worship music. And he even told me later, he's like, music has got to be BS, and it can't be. Who does, who does this? Who does these kinds of things? Who rocks the worship music in their car, rolling through the ghetto? I don't care. And I'm singing, and I'm dancing, and if somebody has their music loud, I'll turn it louder. You know, I don't want to hear it. I want to be fed that word. <laughs> uh, even uh, a friend I, I I've recently met, and uh, we've become uh, we'll a little bit more than friends, friends. Uh, she told me that it was funny that uh, she thought when I first met me that, because there's a chance, it always happens, especially on the world of Facebook, we all know. There's a lot of people who put out fronts. They, don't, they are not who they truly seem to be. And uh, she had to make sure that I wasn't somebody that just, praised God, to uh, try to meet girls. You know? <laughs> put it out there just to, you know, you know let you know. Sorry to put it on the spot, but, you know. Pastor Todd does it to me all the time. <laughs> It's also why churches like New Hope are so important They are a refuge and a sanctuary to those feeling the weight of this heavy metamorphosis I depend on this time every Sunday I depend on it so much That it's Even the the week I I was gone Because I had prior engagements And uh, an old director of mine asked me to uh, accompany him I missed it I missed it I, I realized in that week that it had been forever since I was with you people it's that conscious, that group consciousness that we create in Christ that, that strengthens me, that it finds new, new hope in everything. Kind of funny. I, that wasn't even planned. It, just, it finds a new hope in life, you know? That just kind of worked out there, Holy Spirit. Thank you, you know? <laughs> but it's, um, I don't like I said, it's, it's. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now in my life if it weren't for each and every one of you and coming here every day. And I love the fact that everybody who's come here has told me when they walk through those doors, they feel joy. A genuine joy and love of God and love of the Spirit. And they want to know who you are. And I told Pastor Todd this before. Like when I, I would be going to another church, and it was a good church. I don't doubt anything. There was good people there. There was good good parishioners, good, good, uh, good pastor, everything like that. But I'd been there like three months. And I'm somebody that kind of stands out. I don't hide who I am. I don't... Uh, I don't try to, you know, I'm all, kind, I'm all kinds of extra, as I'll say. It. I'm all kinds of extra. I'm in your face. This is what I do. But at least I'm genuine. I'm real. This is who I am. You know, and uh, being there, I had talked to some of the other people there, but the, the, the pastor there, had been three months, I'd seen him even at meetings that they hosted everything like that for recovery. And never once had I spoken, had a conversation with him, not even beyond a high and a bye. That is it. And that to me was something that I just, I didn't feel a part of it then. I didn't feel immersed in the environment of it. And my very first time coming here, and that was when it was over in North Hill, Pastor Todd came up to me after the, the service and asked me who I was, what my story was, wanted to know what it was. And uh, beyond that, he remembered those things, too. It wasn't just that he said them out of an obligation because he's a pastor and this is a congregation. He said it because he truly cares, and that's what matters. To truly care, to truly love, as this explains. To truly love people, you know, to want to get to know them, to want to help them along this journey. I like to. Uh, I posted not too long ago on Facebook that everyone wants to be on the mountaintop, but all the growth and happiness occur on that climb up. You know, everybody wants to be there, but all that happiness occurs there. It's um, life is not about the journey; it's about the destination. But it's also not about the destination; it's about the journey because the destination is God. The destination is heaven. The destination is beyond this. It's not of this world. So concentrate on the journey because. Every single time that you think you have something mastered, there's always a new level. We think that a certain job or a certain person or a certain uh, car or a certain home, a certain area is going to make us happy. None of these things are going to make us happy. It's constantly finding ourselves in Christ again and again, and it's a new level to be more Christ-like. We will never get there, and that's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to stumble. It's okay to fall. Just keep trying. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and above else, Love. Love. All right. As uh, James 1, 2 states, Consider your pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Ooh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an easier said than done. That's, um, but as you get further into faith, and I've realized at times in my life that something happens, boom, bam, uh-oh, it's happening. I'll really take a step back. I don't want to see the trees. I want to see the forest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All um, right. I want to take a step back, and I want to realize that what is happening is happening for a reason. I trust and love God so much that I know that even the things that quote-unquote bad happen to us are there to mold me, there to shape me, there to make me into a better Christian, a better fellow man, a better son, a better brother, a better father. So I trust in Him in all that. Uh, <clears throat> just try and focus on the fact that God loves you so much, that he wants to develop these attributes of Christ in you, God does not give his strongest battles to his toughest warriors he creates them with those battles he creates that with you he takes you from a broken place and he makes you into something more that you could have never been by yourself and that is the few, true beauty and the miracle of God you know if you look across the Bible it 's filled with people that a lot of churches today when he won in their in their walk through those doors there's most people today that quote-unquote Christians look down upon, are the same people that Jesus ministered to. The one, same ones that he ministered to, the same ones that he loved, the prostitutes, the, the lepers, the forgotten, the lost. The tribulations that you are facing are delivering, creating you a renewed mind and spirit set on eternal treasures, set on eternal goals. It was told to me a while ago that set your heart and mind on eternal things. When you That means put your treasure where you, you're concerned. So if you are in the stock market and you put, say, just $200 onto a stock, you're always going to be constantly looking at it. You're always going to constantly be checking it because what? You put your money there. You put your treasure there. So it becomes a concern to you. It constantly comes into your mind. Well, if you put your trust and your faith and your love into God and you put his holy word into your life every day, it becomes something that becomes commonplace. It becomes a normal part of my life to understand that no matter what I'm facing, God has got me. It's going to be okay. And I still have days where it's uh, anger and other things get the best of me, but it's it's amazing how far I've come in this time. Like I, there's no way I'm a true walking miracle. I know that, and it's not for me. I don't boast upon me. I boast in God's glory. You know, it's um, it makes me want to weep when I do truly think about it. In this process, you will begin to find self-love, and with every pure and true decision, your self-worth is tied more to the image of Christ and less to the image of man. Too much in this world, we are turned in society. They teach us to keep up with the Joneses. That you need this, you need that. It's 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 commercials. It's it's everything that drives this giant money train that we that we live in. And it's we have things that we have to have in life. We have to attain. We have to provide. But it's it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Filling your days with this word and through prayer and meditation, you become more and more like Christ himself. And that is the ultimate goal. And that's what God looks favor upon. As this happens, you begin to know and understand your role in the intelligent design of God's plan. That to me is one of like the most amazing feelings to understand. Like Pastor Todd says, when he was younger, he knew. I'm gonna, I, I want to preach. I want to pastor people. This is what I want to do. And even at that age, knowing that, guess what? But he get ridiculed, smoke just preacher boy here, you know, making fun of him and things like that. But he stood steadfast in that. He knew that this was his God's calling. When you find that calling for your life, I urge you to, to, to truly search God and ask God for it in your life because it's something that will, it will change you forever. It is nothing like the passion that you have for something that you're called to do. And it is, uh, it's, there's never enough hours in the day, there's never enough things in life that you could do. And uh, one of the things I thought I was going to be doing was faith and fitness. But it's kind of switched gears because i had some other things to do. But one day I will get there. One day it will be. And one day I'll be able to wake up every day and be like, I get to go to work. I get to go to work. I get to change people. I get to minister. I get to tell them about God. I get to change lives. I get to put him. I get to create another soldier in the army of God. And that's, that's amazing. That's truly amazing. The longest journey is the journey, inward, and to thine own self be true. To be true to yourself includes forgiving yourself for all your failures, faults, and shortcomings. And as former addicts, we know all too much about our failures, our faults, and our shortcomings. It is, uh, that was the most difficult part of the process for me, is to truly forgive myself for knowing that I did things, even at the time, knowing that they were against God. God forgave me. Who am I not to forgive myself? You know? I mean, God, all perfect, all-knowing, omnipotent, forgives me for the worst things I've ever done. Stop holding against yourself. Forgive yourself. Because only through forgiving yourself can you truly receive Christ in your life. Those burdens and those resentments to self create a block. He... It's, it's that disconnect. He's always there, but you create that disconnect with that. It's that negative energy, which is opposite of love. You know, they say that uh, nice noise-canceling headphones, they work by doing this. They take a frequency that's outside, and they take the equal and opposite frequency to cancel it out. That's what love is. Love cancels out hate, anger, depression, anxiety. All these things, it cancels completely. Has anybody ever been, like, mean to you or angry to you or things like that? Have you ever shown them true love? To understand them, not raise your voice, raise your words. Show them that love. There's nothing they can do. It completely cuts it off. It's amazing. It's like, uh, I never thought possible. I was always one to throw fists and all that stuff. But if you show love, take that step back and understand that if you show love, that that's the true protection. God gives you that. When you show love, he protects you. You forgive because Christ has forgiven you. He paid the ultimate price. The one without sin shed his precious blood that washed us clean and opened up the gates of heaven. Finally, if you look at Christ's second greatest commandment, that is, like the first, love your neighbor as you love yourself. This also means that you cannot love your neighbor until you love yourself. You can only love them as much as you love yourself. Like that is, uh, that's pretty profound. That's pretty powerful. So the amount of self-love is the amount of love that you can find for others. So anything before that was not true love. It was, like I said, it was things not born of, of God's love. So now that we have found the love of the Father and in turn found love in ourselves through Christ's perfect sacrifice, we can now begin to truly love others. Since everything that we receive is a reflection of self, we can only cease to see the faults in others by facing our own shadows. When we judge others, we reveal an unhealed part of ourselves. It's those things that we find in others that unless we don't know ourselves enough or honest with ourselves enough, those are things in ourselves that we do not like. So it's why true followers of faith and Christians born again and seeking His Word can forgive and understand people so much because they forgive and understand themselves. And it's okay. I like to tell the story when I was younger. I was very flamboyant, surprised. Um, I was like, who's this chachi guy in the club? And I remember thinking to myself, I'm that chachi guy. After I came to know it, that's why I didn't like the competition. And I didn't like that about myself, so I had to change that about myself. And we will begin to love God as God loves. We will see each other as brothers and sisters, just as God sees us as his children. All of us. All of us the beggar, the thief, the murderer, the adulterer, the slanderer, they're all equal in God's eyes. Every single one of us. Every single drop of blood that Jesus let off that day was for each and every one of us equally. Nobody's above, nobody's below. We are hearing this together. The sooner we realize that, the farther we will go. To quote John 3.16, pastor died it earlier. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever loved anything so much or loved anything so much that you were willing to give up your one and only child? That's how much God loves you. Understand that. He did it willingly. He did it without fail. Researching today's lesson, I have discovered a couple more truths in loving others unconditionally and trusting in God's plan without judgment of others and their role in His divine design. So this helped me in this journey, big time. I, didn't, uh, I thought it would just be things that I knew, things that whatever, but it, again, the farther you get into the Word, the more, that you, the more that you become part of your life, the deeper truth. That's why I like in my Bible, I constantly highlight and make notes, and I soap and things like that, and it's... Um, I like to go back and reread it because it reveals a new truth. It reveals something more that you didn't think it was because your faith is, is become something more. So it reveals more to you. Even though David, so I say, it's uh made me realize not to not to judge others. Like um, there's a couple pastors out there that people have kind of said to me before, they kind of remind me when I speak at meetings and things like that, they remind me of. And uh There's things that come to light of them that are looked down upon. One got in trouble, I think, for, well, they were talking, he was wearing $12,000 shoes, you know, and uh, things like that. But I've learned to not judge others in the grand scheme of things. It's It's not our job to do that. It tells you right so, do not judge others. That is, God is the only one to do that. And you don't know what he's set aside for them. Uh, even Israel's greatest king, David, was an adulterer and a murderer, and God chose him fit to lead his, his nation here on earth. I mean, so who are you to judge somebody else? You have no idea what there is in, there in the scheme of things. And it says to us in the Bible, all sins are equal. So when you're judging this person for sinning, which you deem a sin, you're, you're, you're on equal footing. It's, um, we don't know what it is, what his anointing position is in their lives. So do not harbor any judgments or resentments for others and trust in God's omnipotence. Trust in it fully that he knows what he is doing and he will continue to. During this process, I've also found that as a pastor or someone called to preach the gospel, we have a great power and purpose, which includes a God-given charm and charisma to bring a congregation closer to Christ by delivering a message through sound scripture. These gifts can easily lead to ego problems that left unchecked can steer Christians away from God's light the exact opposite of what we're called to do. Just ask Pastor Todd about his Escalade-binding experience. That is, I'm just, I'm just messing with him. It's, uh, those that know the story, ask him afterwards. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, seriously, though, the respect and admiration I have for my pastor is thoroughly well-deserved. He exhibits the very things that Paul writes in his letters to Timothy, Timothy, outlined in chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer... He desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach, the husband but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Now, I'm not saying that I am any of these things. I'm just up here with this day giving a first sermon. I only see the trap of pride in preparing, this, in preparing today. I saw it. It saw the, uh, the devil speaking to you of, of exalting yourself, of thinking that this is something great that I'm doing. I'm doing nothing today. It is all God. He's just using me as his vessel, which helps to keep you humble in your life. I do believe this. Uh, I do believe the pastor and I share a common fervor and passion for the knowledge and wisdom ascertained in God's holy word. It's, uh, I think, it's why we connect so well on that level. It's, um, I said, I have not been. I'd say long-standing in faith. I was raised in the church, but I, uh, through my own doing, I refused to further my faith anymore. I let, became of the world, which is so easy to do. But I said that's why I cherish my recovery and consider myself extremely lucky because I found God and I've never looked back. And so I, I've made it up for it to, so I realized that being a part of a church and, and spreading the word and spreading the gospel and ministering is a God's calling for me because I do it with such a fervor and such a passion that it's, I can't ever get enough. I would rather speak about the word and get together in men's group with guys like Ryan and Pastor Todd and Ron and Troy and all of us in the congregation and talk about it. It is one of my favorite things to do. It is my go-to. It's why my Bible is with me at all times, no matter where I go, no matter what I do. If something's wrong, something's bothering me, something's happening, and I don't feel right in this world, I immediately go to my Bible and I read it. You'd be surprised what it can do for you. You'd be surprised how it can change you, change your perception of things to understand that what I'm going through is just what I'm going through, and there's a purpose for it, and trust in God. The Word can do amazing things in your life. The Gospel of Christ Jesus, and by constantly seeking Him, and applying God's Scripture in a daily life, it produces a God-fidence. People have told me all the time, you have like this, this aura, this thing about you, and I notice it in, in men in here. It's like this unshakable and trust in God that I know He's got me. I know He's got me. What can the world do to me when God's got me? You know, it's one of my favorite Psalms ever, twenty-three, four. You know, even though I may walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's amazing. A lot of people don't know, but when I work out, what I say before I lift every single time, because I feel God's presence there. I feel the Holy Spirit feel me, and I feel it, uh, the power of it. You know. I said all this applies to not only us but the leaders of the church here at New Hope I found that this place is almost above reproach like from uh, our associate pastor who people don't know he puts so much time and effort into each one of us here I, I love Pastor Luke he's a good man a really good man he hosts us at his house almost every weekend feeds us he's, he's given me I don't know how many gifts so far various things and stuff like that, it's amazing. Like, he truly cares, and he truly is passionate about bringing a recovery here to new hope. It's something that, uh, some things have happened recently in my life where I changed the addresses, and I'm not going to speak upon, upon those things, but God had a purpose and a reason for me. Everything happened within like a two-week time period, and I saw that things started to happen there. It's exactly what he was doing, which makes you even trust more in God's word, that he's got this calling because I'm trying my best to do what he wants me to do each day. But uh, I, I said to Pastor Todd when I first was going to do Faith and Fitness that I don't want to be part of something that does not give God his due first and foremost. And one is not about, it's going to be where it becomes part of something that's about money and not about helping people. And that's what I find most of said here in New Hope is that we're about helping people. We're about finding your best self and becoming your best self. And uh, I would like to thank you all for being out here. It probably wasn't the long sermon, but like I said, it's, uh, it's my first, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I love each and every one of you. If I didn't mention you by name, I still love you.
0: Have you ever seen C.J. Nervous? I'm going to say this to you that, that I appreciate. You know, we hear messages all the time that says God is love. We talk about the love of God. We talk about the love of Christ. We talk about how we exhibit that love to other people. But I love what he said. God is love. And we become confidence within ourselves. Because God becomes number one. I never heard that before and it was never applied, you know, in my own life. But I know it now and I feel it and I sense it. And when we start to think of other people and we start to think about where we've been and where we're going. Church, I'm here to say this to you with all sincerity. I saw the love of Christ and the love of God. Through most of you as the sweat was pouring down your brow. And as you were singing and dancing, and as you were having a great time, we had an adrenaline rush that some did not make it back home until 1:30 a.m. this morning. And when they arrived at their home, the sewage had backed up, and there was B.M. all over their kitchen or all over their bathroom. But when I walked into church today and saw that couple standing there, I knew in my heart. That they do that for the love of God. And even though I said to, to Chris and Donnie, she said, you do not want to get bleach out at 1.30 in the morning. I understand that. But when we serve the Lord and we give of our life and you surrender your all. You hear, you hear me say this all the time. When you let go and you let God, then you start to live. That's Walking in Christ is about That's the love of God So as I make it real for you today I'm going to ask you a question How is it that you've taken on the love of Christ? How is it that you've looked into your own self? You've looked into the mirror and the image of your life and said Do I exhibit the love of God? Do I show other people the love of God? What have I done In my life to be selfless Not selfish But selfless you heard C.J. say that he gave his son. He gave everything for us. What would you give up for somebody you don't even know? So today I want to thank you for the word. I want to thank you that you are nervous. I want to thank you that humility comes grace. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so every week I get up here, as I'm in my private office down the hall on the right side with the label, it says men in the back stall and I'm nervous and I say God use me today and me and the apostle John we talk and as we do that I just want you to know that I do pray every week that God gives me the grace but it doesn't matter how much I mess up it doesn't matter if I mess up with my papers go flying because they put this awesome fan up here for a guy who's going through menopause right now who's hot all the time but I want you to know church I want us to come together because we love God. And that's all that matters. We sang and we repeated that song and we got people crazy going wild yesterday at the parade and I want to say it's great to have a family with us because that's what it's about. Hey, I always say this. This is better than the Indians. This is better than the Cleveland Browns. This is better than Ohio State. This is where God is at. This is where we are His number one fan. And so we come together because we Love God. So church, in your own quiet time, and if you've come today and you're, you're here because CJ has impacted your life. And you've never given your life to him. He's a changed man today. And it's not because of this building. It's not because of the carpet. It's not because of anything. You heard what he said. It's because of the word of God. So as we hide his word in our hearts, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Not conformed to the world, but renewed daily because... He is evident in our life. Live life, live it in love, live it in excitement, live it with enthusiasm. And you know what? You say to me, Preacher, I have a word, I'll start praying about it. And uh, it is difficult because I love our people. I love watching you grow in Christ. That is my number one passion for each and every one of you. And that, I'll tell you right now it pleases your preacher to see you come up here and to deliver the word of God. Thank you for for coming to me. And we talked and I've been praying about it. We all have a story. You heard a story. But one thing that CJ does is he does exhibit the love of God to each and every person. Will you feel it from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet? And I know why you were a little bit nervous too. You didn't have your cap on. See, that's what happens. Vulnerability and transparent is the heart of Christ. And so you put all that stuff aside to come in here, dressed in your nines, to deliver God's holy word. Let's all rise to our feet as we pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you that we've come today to be encouraged in your word. And as the praise team comes, Father God, we realize that in our inadequacies, Father, you help us to be more adequate. Father, we thank you that in the world today we've accepted so much Of the world's influence into the church. But the world cannot offer the hope and the peace. That only you can offer. And so Father. We thank you that today. We know the love that you have for us. That was exhibited for each and every one of us. And so God I know that in this building. That this church stands united. That folks have come today. Be an encouragement to one another, to uplift one another in word and in deed. And so, God, today, if there's somebody in this room, we never close the service without saying, Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if you don't know the Lord, I invite you today to come. It's a simple prayer. And you can pray with me. It says, Lord, today I know who I am. I'm just a sinner saved. By grace. Lord, thank you for sending your Son to die for me, to give me life, to give it to me abundantly. Forgive me of my sins, cleanse me from all of it. Come into my heart, come into my life. And today, Father God, I make you Lord of my life. Oh, God, we worship you today. We come to this altar just as we are. Lord, we worship you. We thank you. Thank you for the word today. And all God's people said,